Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. The 5-0 Show is brought to you every week because of the generosity of Bonneville. Also, we want to talk a little bit about the Silent Witness Program. If you have any information that leads to an unsolved felony arrest, please reach out to Silent Witness. You can learn more at silentwitness.org or you can call 480-WITNESS. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show, and I am joined today, and I know I say this a lot by two, I consider them friends, they may not, Sergeant Robert Bob Pitts from the Phoenix Police Department Vehicular Crimes Unit. Sarge, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having us, Jamie. And it's really strange to have these conversations with you because you and I tease each other about a lot of things. So to, do, to, to have a professional conversation is very strange. Uh, yes, it will be a good thing. Uh, we're also joined by Lieutenant Eric Zolf. And LT, you are in charge of the vehicular homicide unit as a whole. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. And did I say it writes vehicular homicide? It used to be called vehicular crimes, but oh, now it, we call it, it... It's back to vehicular crimes. Okay, vehicular yes. crimes. So... One of the things that we want to talk about is what kind of the science behind what your folks do. We don't really want to go into the things that they that they encounter because their job is incredibly hard. It's incredibly complex. It's incredibly emotional. But they do such an amazing job. So I don't want to take uh, or miss the opportunity to talk about what these detectives do. They're just absolutely phenomenal. But in a nutshell, and LT, tell me if I'm wrong, they reconstruct accidents that either result in serious physical injury or potentially become fatal accidents. And they're able to go out and use math and science to to make sense of this. Is that a pretty good depiction of what they do? Sure. Yeah, they, they do all that and they, they embrace technology. We have a lot of tools, especially tools that we, we use. And I like to refer to these detectives as the engineers of our department. I agree with that. And the reason I appreciate them so much is my mind doesn't work that way. So when I was in training and you have to take collisions, I, I even if the cars were right behind one another and it was a fender bender, I, I could never reconstruct them. I just don't have that. that. And for anyone listening, I'm not still doing accident accidents, so you don't have to worry about that. But, but they do a, an amazing job. And uh, Bob, can you talk a little bit about the character of these detectives before we, we talk about you? Like the men and women who sign up to do this, the dedication they put forth is, is amazing. Yes, it is. They put the job first, and unfortunately, family comes second because we're on call so much, and they respond at all hours of the night um, and all hours of the day. We're on call um, 365 days a year to respond to these fatal and serious injury traffic collisions to do the investigations on them. And one of the things, well, we're not going to go into, you know, causes or common factors, but I think it's a good PSA if we just tell everyone, hey, you know, pay as much attention as you can to when you're behind the wheel. So whether it's a conversation that's going on or any handheld device, just really focus on driving that we encourage everyone always be ever present when you're driving. And if you feel tired, please, you know, pull over, get coffee, take a nap. But uh, operating a motor vehicle is a, a very serious thing. You were, unless I'm Am I wrong? Were you a motor at one point, or did you always work in the vehicular crimes unit as a detective? No, I was a motor for a short stint for three years, and then I transferred over to the vehicular crimes unit. So we talk about motor officers. That's uh, motorcycle officers. 
hardest training you've ever been through, or or, or is that a fallacy? Because it looks difficult. It is the most fun training I have attended in my entire career in the, on the department. When, when you saw that opportunity come up, did you were you ra- were a little bit older? Were you raised watching Chips and other shows? Is that what kind of like what drove you towards that? I was. I enjoyed it. I enjoy the work that I do. Um, it was an opportunity that presented itself. I had never expected to become a motor officer or get involved with traffic um, enforcement. But once I did, I realized how important it is because our so- our society, especially in the Valley, is so mobile. Yeah, that's a really good way to word it. When you see motors, you go to an event, you see folks on a motorcycle, is there part of you that thinks, Man, I, 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 I miss that? I still I keep my motor certification and I still ride. Oh, okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, vehicles you operate. So uh, we always want people to know that the men and women who do this job are you know husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, coaches. They're part of the community. You have a really cool hobby or several, but one that I, that I just thought was really really cool is it. It's not paragliding. Parasite. What, what is that that you do? I paraglide. And what is that? A paraglide is a. It is a wing that you can utilize air currents, both um, updrafts from wind hitting the mountain and getting deflected upwards or thermals, and you can stay aloft depending on the skill of the pilot and the conditions that are out there, and we go out and fly. It's a wonderful community. I saw it looked like a chair with a motor and a parachute. Just kind of cruising in circles over where I live. LT and I kind of live in the same side of town. I have no idea how they kept that thing. Is that kind of what you're re- referring to? Is I don't know how they kept it in the air. Well, the paraglider itself is a, is a structured wing. Um, it has no rigidity to it like a hang glider would. Um, you have lines that lead down that get connected to the harness, and then you have um, several different safety systems on there, either through the harness itself or through the reserve parachutes. Um, And then, again, you're managing the energy uh, as you fly and getting the wing to stay in lift and stay up as long as you can. Or uh, in some cases, you know, a lot of pilots get into cross-country flying where they go several hundred miles. It's absolutely incredible. So on your day job, your hobbies, it, it overwhelmingly science and math is is a part of what you do if i'm hearing you right because you're not just strapping yourself in the chair hitting start and trying to figure it out you have to take a lot of variables into consideration we're looking at the weather patterns prior to going um the conditions you know do you have the resources um resources as far as do you have a driver to do a retrieve if you're going to do a cross-country flight things like that um and also it's it's a big social event with other pilots and you're out there having fun and that's what drove me to it is it's the social aspect so we're talking to lieutenant eric zoe from the phoenix police vehicular crimes unit and sergeant bob pitts and this is kind of a plug if anyone's looking for a career opportunity i think a lot of folks see tv and think of patrol officers and i have to always be patrol you, uh, you both have had such varied careers that there's so many things to do in the phoenix police department if you want to learn more please check out phoenix.gov employment or you can call 602-262-6925 to learn more about these these pretty cool careers Lieutenant, um, I see you in the vehicular crimes unit now. Kind of seems like you absolutely belong there. But you've worked a ton of different places prior to this. Can you walk us through a little bit from the time you became a patrol officer and started promoting what that was like and where you worked? Sure. So I started my career with the Department of Public Safety here in Arizona. Um, 
uh, I did some time in patrol up near Black Canyon City. Um, and then I, too, went to Motors, Motorcycle Cop, with the Department of Public Safety. And uh, shortly thereafter, I cut my finger and uh, was at the academy and ended up talking to a bunch of Phoenix guys. And that variety of work with the Phoenix PD kind of um, interests me uh, a bunch. So I ended up transferring over to Phoenix. Um, I did about 10 years in patrol. Um, um, and then I moved over to the quick response team, which is currently our fade uh, team, fugitive, fugitive apprehension detail. Um, did some time there, um, promoted from there, and then went back to some crime suppression areas um, and some tactical stuff. I was on our uh, our SWAT team for a little bit. Um, but most of my experience is in, is in crime suppression. So when I came over to the vehicular crimes unit, um, about nine months ago now, it was I picked up some some skills when I was on the Department of Public Safety, but it's all kind of coming back to me. But it's amazing the work that these guys do, and how they can reconstruct uh, a collision using math um, and some of this technology that we have in difficult environments and uneven terrain and in the heat or inclement weather or a monsoon. I agree with you. It's it, it's phenomenal. Now, you said something, and I think you, the three of us, we got a little aged on that one. You talked about the quick response team. I remember being brand new, being in the jail, and these folks would come in at the time our uniforms were, were blue, but they were they had pajama-type uniforms, comfortable pants. And uh, to know that they went citywide and got to do a whole bunch of really cool things, was that one of the coolest gigs you have? Because from a patrol officer standpoint, when I started, that looked like elite. Yeah, so... 24 years on, that was probably the most fun I had on the job. Uh, the camaraderie that we had on that detail and our, our objectives, daily objectives, were to to impact crime the best we could, um, working with the community and uh, being able to apprehend some of the more violent criminals out there on the street. So that was a blast. And uh, you mentioned how long you've been doing this. Uh, is it fair to say, we talk to people all the time, when they retire, they say, I, I don't miss the circus, I miss the clowns. And uh, I say this every time we bring that up, never, not a slam on our amazing people. But what they're saying is, I miss the people. Is that throughout your career what has stuck with you most? Not this assignment particularly, but the folks you worked with? Sure. It's it's the relationships. I mean, you're with these uh, other other people, other police officers, different support staff for 40 plus hours a week. And in some of the details, like now we're we're usually working 60 hours a week. So, yeah, the relationships are super important. Um, they become your friends, your family, and uh, they'll they'll last a lifetime. Speaking of family, I know yours is absolutely critical to you. I mentioned you and I live on the same side of town. I've seen you out with your family. You, you could not look happier when you're with them. Obviously, if we, we had our way, we would be able to spend as much time with our family as possible. But you intentionally uh, have taken on this job. You know that there are some long hours. You're leading men and women who are doing a very difficult task. How do you leave the family role and go into leader role? And, and then, Bob, I'm going to ask you the same question. you got folks who are, who are doing incredibly difficult work. What is your leadership philosophy? So in this position, especially, I'm a servant leader. Uh, I have uh, four, three sergeants and about 28 detectives that work for me, uh, work for the city of Phoenix in the community, and they know what they're doing. I don't have to tell them how to do their job. I'm there to support them, get them the assets, the equipment that they need, uh, being a helpful hand when I can be, but I'm just trying to facilitate 
them being able to do the best job they can do. And they do a phenomenal job. And candidly, they probably know more about their craft than you and I. And, and well, not Bob. Bob's been doing a while. But, but then we'll ever know. So t- if I hear you right, your job is go out, get them the resources they need, protect them, support them, and uh, let them do what they're great at doing. For sure. And Sergeant Pitts mentioned it earlier. A lot of these uh, detectives uh, put this job first. It, it's my job to make sure that there's balance and that they're, uh, they take into account, hey, you know, you might need to take some days off and spend that time with your family. Yeah, giving them uh, permission to do that, that's cool. So that's the expectation of Phoenix PD, too. Um, that family is for, is first. Yeah. Uh, but these guys are so passionate about what they do, a lot of times it gets upside down. Bob, you've been operational investigating these things, and now you're leading teams. How hard is it not to jump in and let me do that? Or I want, uh, How hard is that not to do that and just to lead? That has been the hardest transition of <sighs> – coming back to this assignment is to step back and let the detectives take it over because ultimately at the end, the detectives are the most important piece of the puzzle because they're the ones that are having to look at it. They're the ones that are having to write it up. They're the ones that are going to have to testify to it later. And they are the future of the department. Absolutely. And I want to thank you both for your leadership. Uh, A lot of people think you know, just leadership means staying out of people's hair. And I know that neither one of you do that. You're checking in with your folks to LT's point. You're making sure they get the family time and the support, the resources they need. So thank you both for your leadership. Thank you both for your friendship. Lieutenant Zolf, thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Sergeant Pitts, thank you also. A quick question in the less than a minute we have left. What do you want your legacy to be on this department? Uh, I think I mentioned it. I, I want to be thought of as someone that was uh, willing to put others in front of themselves um, whether it be the community or the officers that work for me uh, and the sergeants. So, yeah, that's that's my what I hope. Bob? I just want to be, you know, I just want to go out and have a, know that I was here to do the best job that I could. I hate having serious conversations with you because we like making fun of each other, but I must tell you, my friend, you've absolutely done that. You are known as being incredibly valuable and skilled at what you do. So thank you for what you do. Thank you to you, the listening audience. Thank you to Ed, our producer, and of course to Bonneville for this time each and every week. To learn more about Silent Witness, please check out silentwitness.org. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.